you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast would win a pickup game against Daniel Jeremiah. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. feel better about that bet when Daniel's Achilles was torn, not so it's much kind now. Of a, He's a, a basketball player. Like a dated, deeply internal bit right there that DJ used to play pickup basketball until he uh, tore his Achilles. Last year. Yeah, I would take it. I mean, the four of us versus just one of him. Yeah, we would definitely take him out. He was a former sure. college starter at quarterback for uh, what but, is it? Appalachian State? Is but it? not at point guard. Yeah, college football. I, yeah. I do remember someone at our meetup in San Francisco uh, mentioned to me that we were shorter as a group than they, they anticipated. <laughs> so um, that wouldn't help us on the basketball court. But we are a, a pretty short group. You throw Connor in the mix. Dan is average height, and he's the tallest little, one. I'm almost six feet tall, so let's calm down with the average height. Thing. <laughs> the average American male right now under 40 is like 5'11 or six feet right now. All right. Americans are big people. Greg, I, you're talking a lot in the front of the show because I think you want to avoid what – you know, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about what happened last week. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? It's not – I don't want you – this is not coming from a place of anger. It's just more – Why would I avoid it? You haven't brought it up to me once in the many times I've seen you actually in between. You, I went to a house. Let's, your let's, party almost makes me think this is all a charade. Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, last week – All Gre- for show. Greg was uh, on hiatus. And uh, when we did a show on Wednesday and, you know, uh, he wasn't there. He is. And then it, it turns out he shows up on on uh, the other show. So you did the uh, Rosenthal Jeselnik Vanity Project. But you, did, but you did not do the Around the NFL podcast. I didn't. And, you did uh, not do the Around the NFL podcast. Whoa. Wait, 8T. NFL, wouldn't that make more sense? The Around the NFL podcast. I like hey, it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about it, Greg. I like Why that. did you do uh, the obviously the metrics challenge show you do with wow. your friend, the comedian, <laughs> uh, over, comedian, over our show? Basically, and Mark, let me. Yeah. I mean, I felt like maybe I was making too big a deal of it all these months, but it all kind of was laid bare. I mean, I just think I looked up, I look up to Greg as a mentor. <laughs> and a supervisor, so it caught me off guard. Well, as Dan knows, because I asked him what time we were at, I tr- I was trying to swing doing both. <laughs> I this is a this is a fact. I not only uh, requested that I get a babysitter to cover uh, my kids while I tried to do both podcasts. Unfortunately, she couldn't do it. I got in a serious fight with my wife about it because I was pushing. <laughs> To do both podcasts, uh, literally yelling was involved. Wow! Um, I probably <laughs> literal <have>. yelling. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're a pretty calm, calm household, but it, it was a pretty big, it was a pretty big problem. You know, In the end, I decided to back off uh, doing both. I did just do the uh, Rosenthal and Jesselnik Vanity Project for that day, uh, and I don't feel bad about it at all. It was no, you last. don't, do you? Why would I? Uh, uh, it's you yeah. know. It was a season. It was the last time we were ever going to do it. It was the only time we could do it. And I don't think anyone but Dan would have ever cared much. Like, even if I hadn't tried to. Uh, Is that true? Because I thought that I wasn't alone on this. No, I, I, I like I said, my feelings. I had to, you know, weigh this for 7,200 yeah. plus hours and just kind of ponder. We've action. done millions of podcasts while while people are on vacation. Like the the fact that you would question my integrity, I I would guess. And I'm not just <laughs> no, saying no, no. this. I would guess. I think it's pretty safe. I missed the least amount of podcasts ever. I would never think to bring up like, oh, I can't believe you guys are gone for a podcast during the season or during the preseason or whatever. I would never. So cross now my you're mind. now you are uh, right? equating someone being off for the day or, or uh, being on. Yeah, vacation but I was I was on vacation. You choosing one podcast <laughs> over the other. I would do it in a heartbeat. You it was the last time choice. I could ever do it. Greg, you had a choice, 
and you chose to do the show. No, I didn't friend. because I couldn't get the babysitter. The, that that time period was out regardless. And your your fight and the text to me and all that stuff. You know what it smells like? An alibi. <laughs> I don't need to make I don't need to make things up. But this entire this entire um, episode, if nothing else, doing the uh, Rosenthal and Jessel McVanity project was was good because I think it was really telling for me and learning something about this room. How so? And I, I it was it was a, a reveal magnifico for Dan. I realized Dan does not really see me like as a friend. Like <laughs> you guys see me as well, a wait, friend. Oh wait, he had just wait, invited you over to his house. Let's, no, let's hear him out. Let's okay. hear him out. He might be he right. He doesn't see me as a friend, which is fine. He, he doesn't see me as like he sees me as someone that's on the podcast with him and his boss hmm. ultimately. But friends are supportive. Like, if anything comes up in Dan's career that could possibly help him, I'm immediately supportive. I'm not really that concerned about my interests. Like, I'm happy for them. Just like Wes and Mark are, have been happy for me the whole time. I don't think they really cared. Oh, much. yeah. I mean, they've been you know, I don't think they care. Also. I don't think they care one way or the other, though. I mean, Mark's listened to it, so that's good. But I, don't, I've I wouldn't. I've getting there. I wouldn't care about that either. So... <laughs> But Wait, it, you wouldn't care that well, I took time to listen. No, to I like that. Oh, I mean, okay. I wouldn't care that you don't listen to. Oh, it. I would never expect. Uh, that. Understood. Understood. But it's, got, it's gotten personal, obviously, and uh, I'm I, I'm ha- just not happy about it. Um, my my number one priority in the podcast realm of NFL.com is the Around the NFL podcast. But as as hey, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. <laughs> uh, and I am supportive of you. No. I mean, so you don't I, have to what, pretend. What is this? What, where where, where are we going with this now? And there's another, you know, someone someone said, like, I would just, like, be like, be, I like being ourselves on this podcast. You yes. haven't even mentioned this to me once. Because I thought it was seen. important to share as a group and with the audience because, you know, it was a lot of betrayal. And I thought it was something that needed to be brought out at this moment specifically. Hey, here's the newsflash. People listen to more than one podcast. There's more that, you know, there people that came to our show – they all listen to a million different podcasts. They all loved the Rosenthal and Justin Lick Vanity Project. Every single one of them mentioned that, and they love Around the NFL. I, hope, I listen to tons of podcasts. I hope that podcast that you're on is thankful that we gave you your listenership. It was a good – it helped for pop, for sure. Does, does Anthony know that this show exists? Well, it's kind of a bit that he doesn't know, but he <laughs> certainly knows it exists. Listen, this is, a, this is an oral history for another time. The entire – RGVP uh, experience uh, that we can unpack for hours, but we have a whole show get, to get to. Fair. And Greg, I, I don't want. I didn't like how you turned it into a thing, a referendum on our friendship. Well, well I think because that's I a really fair, did. Fair point. That, I, that I'm was hurt. The primary takeaway here, which is I heard all. I got in a, I got in a whole, fight because I wanted to show no, up no, on no, my no, vacation no, no. for for you to go to the thing, and it wasn't to avoid this. It was just because I wanted to do the podcast because I love doing this podcast. Like if you Not ever, as much as you love doing the other one, if you were ever on if you were ever on vacation and we, you know, even made any little thing that was saying, oh, we don't like that you're on vacation, you would be wildly angry. Damn. All of that, that true? We have to. No, say, all of this of is not. relevant and it's great. Mark sees Greg as a mentor. Well, yeah, that <laughs> that was my favorite that part. I well, I do. <laughs> of, you know, when it comes to the topic of covering football, and he's my supervisor, mm-hmm. which like I've made a and your friend, and my more than I could say, it's like the guiding hand in your life. <laughs> yes, very much so. You could you could be my friend, Dan. I consider you. A friend. I I just uh, I found out you don't see it the other way. <laughs> I don't I don't support podcasts uh, that are outside the realm of the around the NFL podcast. It's nothing personal. Wouldn't any podcast that we were on be, be all part of that? Well, at least equally, you dislike every other podcast. I just don't. This is the one where my focus is at. And and like they say in The Godfather, it's business. It's not personal, Greg. So the, that's it. That's how I feel about it. That's how I feel. Wait, we cleared that up yeah, or not. Glad we spent, I'm glad I spent so much time. <laughs> nothing cleared up whatsoever. This is the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, and we're going to talk about football, believe it or not, at some point in the show. A lot to get to today. Today is uh, Tuesday. The franchise tag uh, is now available to be deployed by any team. I don't think anything's happened yet as of taping of the show, but it will go down as teams can um, take steps to make sure some some of their better players cannot get away. So uh, Wes wrote a phenomenal piece, and I enjoyed it. Uh, on I haven't the, even read it. On the franchise tag um, that you could check out at NFL.com. Uh, but we will talk about that 
today. Also, um, it's always fun to talk about quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are, in some ways, gentlemen, uh, the lifeblood of professional football. Uh, so why not talk about some quarterbacks that are on the bubble, if you will? Uh, are they going to stay with their team? Are they going to go somewhere else? So we'll kind of go around the room. We'll throw out some uh, names. Mark, you wrote a piece on that that you can see at NFL.com, but we will get into uh, that conversation and pull out some different guys. And, of course, as uh, we always do, we're going to do a little news. Greg, this, I mean, that was just like a sad way to start the pod. The way you, you, it was, you know, bringing the friendship thing into it. That went. Oh, so you're you, saying you, you made it go get, nuclear. How about got, this? Say one nice thing about Greg. That don't, no, that's even worse. Why? This It was exactly what Dan wanted. The whole point, Dan doesn't really care about any of this. It's just like make, you know, you wanted some drama. You set it up all last week. That's what you were looking to set up to my, start the show. My only sin is that I care about the podcast too much. <laughs> and if that leads <laughs> to... That leads to you thinking that it was some type of affront that I wasn't supportive of the other podcast that you. Well, did. it's not well, an affront; it's a fact. It's I, just, you know, I, I I was respectful of the entire run of the RJVP. <laughs> I never. I would have said any of this about that. Did you I know, ever? The Lavio Magnifico was months ago. It was not. It was not. Did I ever privately express any concerns? Uh, did I? Did you know? I never did anything. I never stood in the way of your show. You know, it's just you know. Well, that presumes that you could. Well, you know, I could have done some stuff. <laughs> and you'll never know because I didn't because I was respectful of my mentor, Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Let's do some news, Sydney. Oh, this guy's been cheating. What was that? It sounded like Greg's voice. It was Greg's. <laughs> well, what can we hear? That was it? from our good friend at gogetmylunch.org. Yeah, do you want to hear it again? Yeah. Huh? Oh, this guy's been cheating. <laughs> I don't know who I was talking about there. What was the line? Like this guy's been cheating. Oh, this guy's been cheating. Yeah. Before you say something like, uh, "Just wait till he starts using regulation footballs." Mm. So who knows what that? Yeah. Was. Oh, one more thing before we get to the news. We did have a little gathering at Hansis Manor that I invited Greg to, and his daughter came. We had a nice time. Yeah, that's there. what I mean. If it but really mattered to you, would, why you would bring it up. We're it's not all friends anymore. Rod. Um, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, one of the star attractions of the day were uh, my new cornhole boards that came courtesy mm. of the people at Victory Tailgate. Uh, really nice. Uh, and, Wes, I think you tweeted out a photo of it. Uh, so if you check out Wes's handle, it had the Around the NFL podcast logo on it. Even the, the cornhole bags had a podcast logo on it. The bags you can see on my Instagram. Yeah. So they were, they, they were stunning because, I mean, we've – they were we played gorgeous. on what probably of no. Wes has some great boards, but I mean, we when I was in Ohio, I saw some ones that were kind of mid level. These were just amazing. They're very nice. So at Victory Tailgate, uh, also at the website www.victorytailgate.com, uh, check that out. And thank you uh, for the boards. Now the news. Here we go. We'll start with a little Broncos quarterback talk because really, guys. Uh, quarterback is the lifeblood uh, position of the NFL. Mm. When you think heard about that it. somewhere before, uh, in my opinion. But Brock Osweiler is a, a quarterback drafted in the second round four years ago by Denver, presumably as Peyton Manning's successor. And now here we are in present time. Manning just coming off a Super Bowl win, but a lot of people thinking that he's going to retire or that he should retire. Uh, there was a report that came out of. Uh, uh, Nine News in Denver, Mike Cleese. Uh, did he used to write for the Denver Post? Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. Is that a recent defection? Uh, about a year you ago. Wes and I hung out with him one night. Great guy. That would be did, in Indy. This is a great topic for the media defection podcast. That's coming up. <laughs> yeah, uh, in the offseason. But Mike Cleese reported that the Broncos are holding off on any dis- discussions with Brock Osweiler, quote, out of respect to Peyton Manning, who has not decided uh, or at least announced whether he intends to keep playing or retire after 18 seasons. Here's the first question, uh, Greg, as we attempt to uh, repair our fractured relationship now. Uh, I'm over it. We're going to lean on football and work our way back. Uh, But really, is this a mistake for the Broncos to, at this point, still just kind of a week outside the Super Bowl, but to be playing this so respectfully towards Peyton Manning when they're, you know, technically wasting days where they could be getting something done with Brock? I don't think it matters right now. The timeline of it is all very strange, though. They, how long can they wait out of respect? I would say once you're getting to the combine, that's normally the time that agents and the team start diving in. This is not an easy contract. You're not going to give them the franchise tag. So I, I almost don't believe it. And if they're not talking now, they're going to be soon. 
they, they can only wait so long. They're going to have to get some sort of heads up from Manning in the next week and a half, I would say, would be the time. The thing I find weird is, let's say Manning comes around and says, I'm coming back, I want to play. I don't see Denver signing up to keep him on any level. They don't want to go it through will get this ugly. Why This is interesting because it's a classy move to give him time. But Archie Manning has come out and said Peyton knows he's not going to be back with the Broncos, that the Broncos don't want him back. So it's classy, but in the same way, they the Broncos have uh, uh, presumably made it clear that they don't want him back. I don't think they've made it clear necessarily. It's just logic that they don't want him back. And I think they're just hoping he retires so that they won't have to cut him or start negotiating with Brock with having not cut him before, and then he's just sitting on their cap for $17 million. I mean, they have until, you know, the just before free agency starts, but you can't wait that long, obviously, to get the deal done with Osweiler, well, assuming you, they're going to. Damn they won't. Dan mentioned yeah. they drafted Osweiler to be Manning's successor, and I don't think that the four years that they've been there together could have worked out any better. This is what they drew up, two Super Bowl appearances, multiple records broken, I think it's phenomenal. So it, this is a great succession plan. Now you stick Osweiler in there. And you've had him learning in the quarterback room with Manning his entire career, which at the Super Bowl he said, you cannot explain how helpful that was. You have John Elway in the building. I mean, it's you can't really prepare. This is Aaron Rodgers' part two. I'm not saying he's that kind of a player, but the idea of rushing these quarterbacks onto the field like – four months after the draft. This is the reverse, and I think it would pay off big for them to resign him. And it just feels like time that this is now where the torch gets passed. That gets complicated a little bit that you just won the Super Bowl, so it's like you think, oh, maybe status quo, but you need to move on, and we'll see. It's just a ma- It feels like it's just a political game. they got to make sure they, they make all the right moves to get it done, and I, I trust John Elway. Well, would you be happy if Osweiler went to Cleveland, for instance, Mark, on a big-money deal? Well, I mean, because teams are going to start showing interest maybe once they get to the combine. They're not allowed to, but they will. I mean, Osweiler, and he's just he's very polished and says all the right things, how much he wants to go back to Denver, and he loves that locker room. But I think probably someone would have to obviously take the risk of majorly overpaying for a quarterback that has a small sample size. But that said, like just spending a little bit of time with him like reporters did at the Super Bowl. It is the opposite of some of the haywire quarterbacks they've had. He's the opposite of Manziel in terms of how plugged in he is and how hard he works. And so from that angle, I think it would be interesting for another team to pull him away if you like him better than one of these other guys in the draft. You can't swing and miss on another draft guy. Uh, In other news, uh, Adam Gase was hired as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins last month. Uh, He's 37 years old. He's the youngest head coach in the league, and Dolphins owner. It is optimism season uh, in Miami. Always is this time of year more than any other franchise. You always, it always seems like Miami thinks they finally have it figured out, and Stephen Ross believes they have hit, hit a home run, if you will, with uh, on Adam Gase. He had this to say, instead of getting a retread that really hasn't had a great track record as head coach, I was looking for somebody that really could be the next, if you will, Bill Belichick, Bill, Bar- Bill Parcells. Uh, he told the Palm Beach Post, you know, really a great head coach, and I think we got one. Uh, is there any connection to Bill Belichick other than both men being 37 when they first got hired? Well, he pretty much conflicted himself considering Bill Belichick was a retread when he landed with the Patriots. You know, I, I don't know what Stephen Ross is looking for, but, yeah, that, I don't know. I think Stephen Ross is is fascinated and borderline obsessed with the Bill Parcells coaching tree. He's had Parcells as a consultant for most of the time he's been in Miami. The general manager, Jeff Ireland, was a Parcells guy. Tony Sperano was a Parcells guy. Mike Tannenbaum, who's now running the old Parcells rule as the football czar in Miami, is a Parcells guy. So to me, it's no surprise that he made those comparisons. It seems like a little bit of a uh, leap of faith to me. Well, he's a guy that owns the Time Warner Center in New York City, and he's been and that's you know where he's made his money in, in some respect, and he's been obsessed with those teams and players. And it's it's still what was the other thing he said in this that that within three years, basically, if after three years we haven't made the playoffs, we're looking for a new coach. That's just the way it is, way it is. The fans want it. Come on, I don't the know fans want it. Please, you're gonna sell out a stadium in the NFL no matter what the fans want. You make your money from TV. I mean, you can't listen to the fans on what they want to do. are going to sell it out in Miami, or you're not going to fill the seats at least. They're going to make money because they're part of the NFL. It doesn't. The point is, you can't listen to the fans. You run your operation how you want to run it. 
there's enough pressure on these guys, especially when you're the youngest head coach in the league. It takes probably two seasons to really start to feel comfortable. And I get the whole you want to be a playoff team right away, but it was sort of unnecessary to make that comment. I don't know what who does it help. It's a, yeah, it's a poor. I mean, it just leads to discussions like this one that makes makes it un, it puts undue uh, you know pressure on Adam Gase. Maybe not really, but but it's it's kind of obvious too, right? I mean, Jim Caldwell wins eleven games and he starts off the next season poorly, and everyone just assumes he gets fired. That's year two after a hugely successful year one. So that's just the way the NFL works. He's, he, it's weird to hear it, but yes, after three years, you don't make a playoffs. Like, almost never is a guy back for a fourth. I don't think it happens. Right. I mean, they've been that team that's Gus hovered Bradley's around back that. back for a fourth. Yeah, they've hovered around that 8-8 eight and eight mark before what, the, you know, it fell off the wheels a little bit last year, but if they go – five, six, seven wins, then, yeah, Gaze this will be gone. Runs counter to how success works in the NFL. We we pointed out in this podcast that midseason all the best NFL teams were ones with stability at head coach and quarterback. Doesn't feel like the Dolphins are floating, too, a little bit. Like it, either they've, they've been a buzzy pick to make the playoffs, especially last year. But I don't know. We've seen enough of Ryan Tannehill to kind of know who he is. I don't know if Lamar Miller will be back. That won't make him any stronger if he decides to go somewhere where they'll give him the ball. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. What's going on in Miami? I wouldn't feel too good if I was a member of that uh, fan base. You know what the big takeaway from this whole uh, article was? When I was researching this, Mark Sessler is our Adam Gase beat writer. That's the big takeaway. He yeah. has written five <laughs> articles about Adam Gase from January 1st me. through mid-February. None of the rest of around the NFL has written a single <laughs> Adam Gase article. I thought Connor got in there once or twice, but, uh, I mean, I like the coaching. You like the stuff. coordinator. Yeah. I think that's why I think oh, Gase a has a chance. Well, Gase, but everywhere Gase, Gase has gone, like, he's done a good job. You know, so. the coordinator supreme for the last few years yeah. in terms of bell of the ball. I Everyone. mean, Ross always wants that splashy hire, and th- th- there wasn't a Jim Harbaugh sitting out there this year, but he got what a lot of people thought was the number one candidate. So how about just sit back and be patient for a bit? Let the thing breathe. Well, the, the this seems obvious, but the longer I've covered the NFL, I still think it's underrated – and it's the most important thing is your owner. And the it's quarterback. Like, it's the lifeblood. I would life say the owner. <laughs> I mean, the quarterback maybe is number one, but ownership matters so much. In any sport. In any sport. But it matters even more than I thought. It, like, I keep realizing it matters more and more and more. And he's a guy who bought the team six or seven years ago, and I think he's still making a lot of the mistakes new owners make. The, that, if I was your mentor, you would have known about the power of owners in sports, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> one of which ended my fandom. By the way, I knew I was aware of each and every one of Mark's uh, Adam Gase posts because he would tap me on the shoulder after he finished each one, and it's like, here, here's some Gase in your face. And the simulated <laughs> true <base> story. <laughs> Direct quote, true story. Moving on, uh, speaking of beat writers, uh, Chris Wessling uh, one day when David Johnson is enshrined in Canton and the bust is uh, on display, it will cr- be Chris Wessling, uh, around the NFL writer, uh, for 20 years consecutively, that will uh, handle the speech. Uh, here's something from Wes. The headline, Steve Keim, quote, scary how good David Johnson can be. And, uh, Wes, you believe that David Johnson was slighted by the Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, voters. They gave Todd Gurley the award. Uh, but this is what Kime had to say about Johnson. Just going back and looking at some of the things David did on our tape just recently from a skill set standpoint, it's scary. 6'1", West, 226. He moves quick. He's fast. Is this guy the future of the running back position in the NFL? I wasn't aware that I was the only David Johnson supporter. Uh, some gays in your face. In this room and in the uh, NFL community. I well, mean, you're like the biggest guy. You're like the guy when – Someone needs, like, a David Johnson quote for a feature they're working on. Call up the old mailman. <laughs> Chris, how many times have you spoken to David Johnson? Zero. Yeah. But Wes doesn't speak to anybody like, <laughs> in the actual NFL world. Only for my long-form projects because they're former players who are Ooh. free to speak their mind and don't give you cliches. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Go ahead. Talk about David Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I like this because it's basically echoing what Greg Rosenthal has said on this podcast. Mentor alert. Times. 
<laughs> Better. <laughs> that David Johnson is already one of the six or seven best running backs in the NFL. And when you hear Steve Kime and Bruce Arians talk about him, it's pretty obvious that they see him as a superstar who plays three downs and is already one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. Just a well-rounded guy. Well, this is the guy that every year a new fantasy guy is kind of the, the bell of the ball. And usually I disagree with it. You know, I disagree he with should be the bell of the ball. But he, but David Johnson should be. He's got to get taken in the top what seven or eight picks, I would say, next year, and uh, that doesn't bother me at all. He can do it all. He's like a, he's like, he reminds me a lot of Le'Veon Bell. Not like they're the same player, but that they are a rare NFL running back that can do literally everything. Tom Moore, it's hard to find. Tom Moore, the uh, what is he, septuagenarian, octogenarian mm. consultant for the Cardinals on offense, compared him to compared him to Franco Harris. Pretty high praise. Are we, by the way? On the fantasy corner right now. Here I am with Chris Wessling <laughs> and uh, Greg Rosenthal, the founders. They built the brick by brick. <laughs> Even the HTML of Roto World. Also in the room is Mark Sessler. Uh, we're talking about David Johnson, top ten pick in a standard uh, yeah. ten team drafts. I have no qualms about that whatsoever. He has both the opportunity in one of the best offenses in the NFL. Has the three down skill set and is just really talented. Such a mentor to Wes. I brought him with me from Roto World. That's true. And now let's head over to (laughs) – After he built it, Brick Butter. (laughs) Sizzler Corner, his hot take on fantasy. Well, I think that the, the what I like to see when a rookie co- running back has the season he did is you gotta you gotta go into next season and train. When Jeremy Hill was the guy we were talking about a year ago, Ooh. who became wow. absolutely the reverse. Because and it's not because anyone was wrong about Jeremy Hill; he's dynamic, but maybe he didn't take his training seriously enough. So if you're David Johnson, you start reading Wait, all these headlines. You gotta keep it up. This is an excellent point. I would I would make <laughs> two points as a rejoinder. David Johnson, among all of the effusive praise Kime had, was basically one of the things, just a great guy, a uh, great young man. We all love okay. him. Anyway, so you think he has the diligence to follow through, but also from a fantasy perspective, David Johnson's receiving ability makes him slump-proof, whereas Jeremy Hill needed the Bengals to be playing from ahead to score fantasy. And you don't see Arizona taking a step back on offense. I don't at so all. I, I think, I think they'll be even better. I thought I the sign off on that. Sizzler Street Corner was more kind of a little – Something a little far flung, so something a little edgy, and then you brought some real analysis. That I was not ready for that. It was well, very good, it was though. Excellent. You know, when you're surrounded in a room by yeah. multiple mentors, you just can't <laughs> help but develop that kind of analysis over the course of five, six years. It's true. It's true. Let's check it in came real very slowly. Let's check real quick over on the throne of uh, ease, where D'Angelo Williams is tweeting the Steelers running back uh, that he is. Uh, we sent out. First of all, he sent out a tweet, which I found in- interesting. It was a notice of termination from the Panthers, uh, which just shows you how cutthroat the NFL is. A Panthers fan uh, in response, or excuse me, a Patriots fan in response, tweeted back, you know, the Pats, we treat you with respect. Come to us. And uh, D'Angelo's response to that was interesting. He said, from what I hear, I'm paraphrasing here because I lost the paper, but from what I hear, Tom Brady's the only person that likes Bill Belichick, so I'm good with that. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? You, you you must be obviously very angry about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm furious. <laughs> How dare D'Angelo be smirched? You know what people like? They like rings on their fingers. They like uh, money that they make in free agency. They like being productive. That's fair, dog. They like being productive, so I think there's a lot of people that probably wouldn't say it's the most fun place to work, but they it's a good work environment. Famously said he quit his attempt at uh, catching out with New England because he wasn't having fun there or wasn't uh, what he was expecting. But, yeah, if you're a running back, though, I guess if you're a Patriots running back, unless you're Corey Dillon, you're probably never going to be the glory boy of that team. But, yeah, you're going to be in the playoffs. You get close to the Super Bowl, win Super Bowls. West just disgusted by D'Angelo Williams. Williams, that is preposterous. (laughs) Any player, any professional sports player in any sport wants a coach – who puts the team first and puts his players in position to win every game, every season. That's the foremost thing. Is your coach smarter than the other team's coaches and give us an advantage every week? Can they help you? Can he help? Can you help your career? Deion Lewis, LeGarrette Blunt, Kevin Falk. Shane, he made them money. Shane Marine. I could go through all their running backs of the last, you know, five or six years, and he's helped, you know, maximize their skills. Also, you don't hear, like, one player after the next exiting New England, even the ones that weren't, they couldn't cut it because they weren't mentally intelligent enough to handle some of the wide receivers. No one comes out nailing Belichick. 
I mean, no one's no one's coming out of their bad mouthing that that coach. Yeah. I mean, they, it's I the mean, bad coaches. I mean, he has a lot of detractors. Sure, but Don Shula uh, to you know Eric Mangini on down. There are a lot of people that have had bad things to say about him, but uh, you know maybe not a that lot of players. The paragon of L- NFL virtue, Eric Mangini. <laughs> hey, he's my friend from the bar. Leave him alone. <laughs> Um, all right, so Belichick, yeah, who cares if anybody likes you? Doesn't matter. Tom Brady also tweeted out some photo, or it was on Facebook, of him skiing on the top of a mountain, Greg. I mean, that's a reconstructed uh, knee. Uh, he's almost 40 years old. You don't want him on that mountain, right? Someone asked me seriously, does this bother? It's like you don't want him on life's mountain, too though. short for to be bothered by what Tom Brady's doing with his family in the offseason. He, you don't want him on a life. Hate the call, Tom Brady. It's yeah. better than the condition he was in at the uh, boxing match last summer. <laughs> the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight. Yeah. Uh, the shots of uh, the pay-per-view of Tommy walking into the arena. He had fun of the Kentucky Derby yeah. earlier that day. I think that's what you're alluding to. That is what I'm alluding to. We are not ones to throw stones. Right, exactly. Life is, uh, you know, we could all die on the way home from work today in a car crash. I'm not going to get too worked up about Tom that's Brady grim. skiing. Uh, <laughs> choke on a chicken bone. Greg, if Go you were Jamaica. to die in a car accident. I would be very upset, and I would be at your funeral. It'd be that's good. <laughs> so I guess I'm a friend, as it turns out. <laughs> it would be a it would be a particular. You would think that would be a particularly bad time for me to die because we would have, you know, died on you know an unfortunate day. Very suspicious. Very, yeah. yeah, you'd have to get someone on that case. <laughs> oh, you're insinuating that I, I wasn't going. There. No, I'm just saying well, it's the really evidence suspicious. is out there on tape. Yeah. I wasn't going there. I just said you wouldn't want to. Speaking like, of needing it's an like alibi. It's like the kid who didn't tell, yeah. you know, his dad something nice. You know, they, they, they uh, got in a fight right before. His you never, yeah, that's nickname. always. Uh, the last thing I told him was that I hated him. And he's pounding on a window. I feel like you guys have started to patch it up, though. Well, no, I wasn't I'm the one fine. that ever questioned our relationship. That was Greg. <laughs> that's not so true. I'm so more, I'm more kind of like reacting off that and just trying to be like, all right, how serious was he? Was he just upset? Was it you know something that will blow over? We're still, I'm still kind of lay of the land it's, situation right it's now. It's blown over. It's blown over. I was. I don't just, think so. I was just letting you know. You know, put my name in I, your mouth. You got to be careful. I'm wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I uh, honestly, I just put my name in your mouth. You better that better be a drop on Nick Fortier's website. Um, by the way, we need Nick to update uh, the sandwich bets. I don't. I don't need him I, to. <laughs> I don't want to call him out, but you know, let's 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 update that, Nikki. <laughs> Unpaid volunteer. <laughs> That's true, and he does great work. Go get uh, mylunch.org. All right, finally in the news, uh, the Giants tweeted out, made it official. We've known this for like a month, but our old friend, uh, private investigator Frank Signetti, PI, uh, is officially uh, the quarterbacks coach of the New York Giants. Uh, this is a new staff member, Greg Rosenthal, of the staff. So we're happy. Not only is Frank Signetti, and we've talked about Signetti, uh, you know, turn, he had to turn in his badge and his gun in St. Louis. Uh, did not did not get a chance to clean up the streets in the way he wanted to, but now he's going to Gotham. And uh, good opportunity. No shortage of crime and uh, mm, streets to clean. That's a good point. So yeah. that is an interesting landing spot for Frank. But to spin it back towards football, Greg. You you really have a uh, an issue with this coaching staff in uh, in the Meadowlands. Well, this whole thing about blaming Tom Coughlin for everything, keeping the whole staff basically, bothers me that they brought back the GM. And then the thing that really stuck out in the in the press release today was that he has twenty assistant coaches, Ben McAdoo. Twelve of those coaches, including all three coordinators, 60%. were on the staff. Last year, obviously, McAdoo was on the staff last year. It's basically Tom Coughlin's staff. That's fine. Here is the first quote of the press release. Quote, this is a new staff, McAdoo said. Nobody was retained. There were no holders, holdovers. Everyone was hired. When I sat down with everyone on the staff, that was one thing I wanted to make clear. No one was retained. No one was a holdover. Everyone here was hired as part of a new staff. But it just happens to be Tom Coughlin's staff. Why? Why are they? So why that's is, a lie. Why is he? Well, no, he's his point. I guess is that this is my staff. This isn't Tom Coughlin's staff. I started this staff from scratch. It just so happens the staff is almost the exact same as last year's staff that was Tom Coughlin. So I repeat, that's a lie. Exactly. Wait, wait would that qualify as false hustle? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. It's come up recently that we. 
some people don't understand the phrase false hustle. Apparently myself. Yeah. I just learned it. I love it. Yeah, it made sense one. immediately. To but me. it's like, oh, I went out and hired these guys. Well, actually, like half of them were already here. So nice try looking like you worked well, hard. Well, it's just like, why are you going out of – they really are trying to stress. It's a whole new beginning Giants fan. It's a PR tactic. It's right. a whole new beginning Giants fans because I think Giants fans like me have been underwhelmed by this whole idea. You're a Giants fan? No, but I'm saying I've been underwhelmed. Giants fans. Well, the the yeah, the, the dirty little secret here for the Giants is that they ran Tom Coughlin out of town. So now this is all the cleanup, and it's like, whoa, they ran Tom Coughlin out of town. It's kind of crazy that that happened, but that's what they decided to do. One of the great tragedies of this offseason is that Coughlin did not end up in Philly. That would have been been amazing to watch. And now he's going to be like 70 by the time the next offseason rolls around. Maybe he will be too old. Yeah, that's sad. Maybe maybe he'll be the Giants coach next year. His whole staff is there. (laughs) Kevin Gilbride Jr. is the tight ends coach. Um, and that's what's happening in the news. Uh, yes, franchise tag. You can now hit your guys with it. Nobody in a rush to do it, at least at the beginning of the business day uh, in the opening day of the franchise period. Uh, Chris Wessling wrote up a piece on NFL.com. He called it the franchise tag primer. And uh, you listed uh, 12 guys, uh, you know, basically putting in, in order how likely uh, to unlikely they that they will be get getting tagged prominent guys. And we'll start from the bottom of the list. I'm going to skip past the punters and the kickers, and that's not disrespectful, but they're not the lifeblood. It is disrespectful. They're not the definition. lifeblood. Are they the lifeblood? No, they're not. Who would be the lifeblood? Well, I didn't know this until today, but now I know that quarterbacks are the lifeblood of the <laughs> NFL. Uh, but Wes is a collection of kickers and punters. Here's a tease. Go over to NFL.com and check out who uh, Wes, Wes put as the kickers and punters. Uh, but we'll start with number 12 on your list, uh, Russell Okun, the uh, Seahawks tackle, former first-round pick. Uh, you put him as unlikely, and he's the only one that's unlikely. I'm just curious why, Wes. Well, he had a major injury. He He's supposed to be out for at least five months recovering from surgery. I don't know if a team's going to use a franchise tag on someone like that, as desperate as the Seahawks are on their offensive line. Uh, under the questionable list, uh, you, two names, one that I can pronounce and one I will defer uh, to Greg Rosenthal. Reggie Nelson, the Bengals' safety at number 11, listed as questionable. And then a, a Ravens guard, uh, Greg, <laughs> by the name of? Kalache Osemele. Thank you. Uh, questionable, Chris Wessling. Reggie Nelson makes a little bit of sense because the Bengals always have plenty of cap room. And Nelson is, I think he's going on age 33, coming off his best season. So in that sense, it makes sense just to go one year with him. And Assembly is one of the best guards in the NFL and also showed late last season he could play left tackle. The only problem is you have to franchise him at the tackle rate, $13.5 million. Why do they do that? Everything on offensive line falls under the offensive line umbrella. It just seems that they're completely different positions, that the NFL would be ahead of that the way they're paid. They they used to be separate, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think this is relatively new. I don't know why they they combined it. Although, big-name guards, I mean, if he made it to the open market. He'll get paid. He'll get 12 or $13 million a year. He'll get it at pretty much at that rate. So I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, that's just how free agency has got to be this year with all this cap room. Uh, Wes, your next category was voting yes. I, In all honesty, I took these categories from Greg Rosenthal. This is I stepped, on, I stepped on his alert. toes this you year by doing this article. You well, could have made a new you know, headline. I don't, I don't know if I used voting yes every single year. I think this has long been a Greg post, though. Yeah, I stepped it on his true. toes when he was out of the office. And, Would this and, be false hustle? A shadowy league figure oh. asked me to do this. No, it was uh. it was smart thinking by everyone involved because they moved up the free agency timeline this year. There's less time until free agency starts. Franchise tags start today. Usually it would have been next week. Uh. Did it sting, though, when you saw it up <laughs> advertised as someone else's? I, I really did see it. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't say it stung. But I was like, oh, why did they do that? And I was That's like, my corner. I was like, it's my toy. They, they should have at least <laughs> let me know. But then I saw that the whole timeline had changed, and I thought, that's good thinking. Would have been too late. All right, so these are the ones Wes thinks it will happen. Uh, Ollie Vernon, the Dolphins' defensive end. Ollie. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking it out. I'm going to get this thing going. All right, I'm on board. Eric Berry, the Chiefs' safety. Doug Martin, Bucks running back. Cordy Glenn, Bills' offensive tackle. Uh, and Big Mo Wilkerson of the Jets. Wes, 
which one of these guys on this group uh, that I just named off would would uh, not surprise you if they somehow did not get the tag? I know you say they it will happen, but it could where it doesn't work. Out. It's tricky to do this because a lot of these guys, it's like either the franchise tag or a long term deal, deal right. before free agency. I think Doug Martin is a guy everybody's talking about now who might want to test his value on the open market. It's clear he wants to get paid like a top running back, and it's not clear yet if the Buccaneers think of him that same way. So I think he would jump out, and, and Ali Vernon as well. The mm. Dolphins have cap issues, so I don't know if they want to go franchise tag with him. Would you? Yeah, I would not vote yes with those two. Would you be a little spooked if you were, uh, you know, with Doug Martin? I know he had an amazing first year, muscle hamster, Great uh, last season. The two years in between, not so great at all. To to bank on him being, you know, one guy and not the other, I'd be a little nervous to give give him good money. I mean, like we talked about before the show, though. I, I, the thing is, you've got Dirk Cutters, the head coach, and he is really the main proponent of Doug Martin all last off season. When Martin probably was a good bet to land on a different team last year, had he not been, you know, rallied around by by the coach who's now the head guy. So I think they, they keep him around. He's the I, perfect guy for a franchise tag because you don't want to go multi-years with him. You want to say, all right, can you repeat last year? Well, I guess That's what I thought until then, I and I even said it in a now hit. It does make sense. Running back more than anything, one-year contracts are awesome. But $11.5 million for Doug Martin, it just it's tricky. I think they'll find a long-term deal for him. I don't think they'll franchise him franchise tag him and I don't think they're gonna franchise tag Olivier Vernon because your boy Ollie. Derek Shelby is a free agent as well. And you got Indama Kinsu taking up a lot of money. I think Vernon's gonna get he's gonna break the bank if, if I, he makes it. I just don't think they can afford to add another guy at that number and I think they'll let him If go. you're the Bucks though, you you have your quarterback under a an affordable contract long term. And it is a one year. You're 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 paying maybe too much for a running back, but it's a one year thing. And he's like, if you take if you take Doug Martin out of that offense, what happens to the running game? What's his value though? If he's going to be like a twelve yeah. million dollar player, you know what I mean? It's like you got to get the for one year though. It's cap the cap. That's what I'm saying. Through the it, roof. It's right a now. running back. You go year to year with him. That's why I don't think he'll get the tag because I think they'd love to sign him long term. But what's his long term deal right now? Two years. 16 million and most of it's guaranteed something like that so you know that's a lot for a running back but i think they they would do that but if you're doing that you can't pay him 11 in the first you know i don't know just pay him 11 now that's a no-brainer to me why what you've got plenty of cap room if you're the buccaneers why not just throw 11 million at your running back what else are you going to do with the money it disappears quick though cap yeah but where else are you gonna, you're going to go over do what the raiders do and go overpay for a bunch of mediocre Free agents? I don't know. Just spend your money. You need to. Finally, the no-brainers, as Wes puts it, these are guys that are will be tagged if they don't get uh, long-term deals. Von Miller, number one. Kirk Cousins, number two. Josh Norman, uh, number three. And Alshon Jeffrey, number four. Makes sense to me. Alshon Jeffrey's the only guy in that list that it seems like people in Chicago aren't totally convinced that he's going to get the tag. For instance, in Tampa, they don't think Martin's going to get the tag. You would think that Jeffrey would get it. Why wouldn't he? He's a difference maker when he's healthy. And I, I think the question with him has always been, do you trust him to stay in peak physical shape? He's had in college and the NFL several seasons where he's had issues. And last year with the hamstring injuries, that was an issue. So, But I think when he's healthy, he's one of the top ten receivers in the NFL. Well, I mean, Dryan Pace, the GM, did say we are going to factor in his durability. But if you don't have Jeffrey – You've lost Brandon Marshall the year before, and now you're hoping that Kevin White comes back out of nowhere. Well, Matt Forte this year too, right? So you, I think you, you've got to yeah. just to sustain your offense. You've got to keep Jeffrey. Right Maybe now. the the Marshall move was the right move because they didn't really like him as a personality in the locker room. But you know, he went out and had 115 catches last year. Jeffrey, if he's healthy and goes to a team that can move the ball on offense, he's going to have a monster year too. You can't just let these studs out the door. It's like for you're nothing. the mid 90s Montreal Expos. These, these franchises, nice sizzler. I like that. Wow. Having Dan get, Duquette having to get rid of uh, Pedro, Vlad Guerrero, Top John Wetland. How about Grissom, learn some lessons from north of the border? <laughs> Pedro Martinez, yeah. If Jonah Carey is listening to this podcast, he's just completely enamored by you right now. Don't even know who that is. <laughs> the, the, I was just thinking how big of a boondoggle the franchise tag is. Boondoggle. For, boondoggle. For the NFL. They, like how lucky are NFL teams they, that – Back in the day, they thought of the franchise tag because it is preventing Alshon no. Jeffrey from making so much money. He would get 
50 million dollars guaranteed maybe 45 50 he would get like a des bryant type 80 million dollar contract and yet he's prevented from doing that i like this conversation it has nothing to do with luck it has to do with the fact that the owners drove a hard yeah. bargain yeah that's and true. unlike other sports like baseball where the product on the field suffers because the uh the union is way too strong the nfl has never gone that way and fans Fans get rewarded for that because the owners have driven a hard bargain. You right? guys are making me nervous, though, about the next collective bargaining agreement. Oh, one yeah, it's day, be a disaster. one day, the players and the union's going to put their freaking foot down. No, they're not, because the the NFL owners have handled this all along since the beginning of the NFL as a league issue, as opposed to baseball, where the owners have screwed each other over the years and in turn screwed the players so hard that vengeance had to come. Yeah, but you're missing the point that these other these NFL players are looking around the professional sports grid and saying seeing how much more. A middle reliever in baseball is getting paid than the best wide receiver. You have to NFC. pay 53 NFL players and only 25 baseball players. You know what you do to that football player? You transition tag him. <laughs> well, this is why this. you're right, I, I think, Dan, that when it, when it comes up again, it's going to be a problem, if nothing else, because the players have been now told for year upon year that they did a bad job yeah, last Yeah, that they got killed in the last CBA. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> when does this matter? one end? The union's not strong for a while. Couple of years we got. No, we've got we've got a number of more years. Yeah. Finally, uh, before ten years, it was signed. Not from today. It was years. from 2011. Ten years and yeah. eleven. So we got till twenty one. We're good. Our children will be covering the NFL at that yeah, point. None of us will be here. <laughs> Finally, uh, you know, you know, Mike's going to die in a car accident. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know my feelings about the quarterback position. So let's talk about it a little bit before <laughs> so we go. Um, some quarterbacks kind of on the bubble, if you will, with their current rosters or. Not necessarily because of, of their play, but their contract situation. So let's play a little game called uh, uh, QB, uh, stay or go. I like it. Okay, and we'll start with Mark Sessler, who he wants to double double down and talk a little bit more Brock Osweiler. Well, you know, we kind of we kind of stepped on that a bit, but um, there's not. I, <laughs> we there's don't not, have to talk about no, it. I, I, there's not a whole lot more to say. The thing that's interesting to me is if another team would come out of the woodwork, if another team's thought enough of him. And it's weird that the Browns got You're mentioned. doing, like, political talking points. I'm, I'm doing, like, go <laughs> Clinton finger to West. But, like, you know, when you a lot of times when coaches see a guy up front live and you lose to him, like the, the Bengals lost to, to Osweiler, that sometimes the coaches on that side of the ball, like, think higher of these players. And it's interesting that now Cleveland's getting linked to Osweiler because the only thing for a team that constantly has to draft high, it could fill in a blank bad team without a quarterback. You've got to swing and miss on a top ten pick on a quarterback that could be nothing two years from now that you could go get someone like Brock Osweiler whose work ethic is cemented in you know that he's been but taught who cares well. about his work ethic well, and I well if, you're, and if you've been dealing with Johnny Manziel for oh I get years, it but I'm I saying like just just I know that as a Browns fan and as a Jets fan I can relate you just got to hit on a quarterback in the draft and have somebody from day one in your building that you get a good value for four or five years, and then you can have a guy you can build a franchise around. Brock Osweiler, if they went after Brock Osweiler, that would feel to me like a safe move. Like, it it let's, may be let's safe. Bring in this guy that may be – that John Elway may be polished up. We weren't in that building. We don't even know for sure, but maybe he'll be okay. Whereas if you, if you believe in your personnel department and Sashi – It's a lot of it, things, but it's not safe. There's no way that is safe. That is <laughs> well, I think you're saying it's le- you're not swinging for the fences the same way you would with a with a draft pick. Like Mark talking pointed me. No, no, no. I I just like I, I You've think you've been watching too many debates. I haven't watched a second. Nice caucus. But if you if you then can go spend your top five, top ten pick on a different position, you finally are starting get to get stronger. Other than one. One one area of the field over and over and over, and I think that Osweiler for another team to come calling would be interesting. That's Ma- what I want to see. Malik Jackson, who's going to be ranked very high in our uh, top ninety nine free agents list that comes out next week. Isn't it top ninety eight plus Michael Vick? It's 99. like one hundred one. It was usually one hundred one list plus the, Michael Vick. Yeah, one hundred one or Kenny Britt. He he said Osweiler is proven. And in that he's under underrated and undervalued. They and I would them. say if he's not proven to the, the Broncos after four years, then that's a strong statement. You should know all you need to know about him to sign him to a deal. Wes, who do you want to talk about? I want to talk about the Eagles situation. Uh, you know, 11 months ago when they traded for Sam Bradford, all we heard about was this guy was the perfect spread quarterback at Oklahoma. He's perfect for Chip Kelly's spread offense. 
Now he's going to be in a West Coast offense, which does not suit his game as well. Why pay him $20 million a year or whatever it takes? A guy who is Sam Bradford, since he's been in the NFL, nobody has had more excuses made for him than Sam Bradford. He's the biggest tease in the league. Why pay him? Bring in Chase Daniel, who has been from preseason to week 17 to fill-in appearances, one of the most productive backup quarterbacks in the league, is steeped in Doug Peterson's offense from being in Kansas City with him. Why not bring him in as a patch to your next quarterback? I think he might be going. I know the logic is all these quarterbacks stay put, but I think he's got to be, like any of these guys, should be smelling that free agency money. And when you get close, and he's not, I don't think he's going to get tagged. I don't think anyone I don't thinks think so he's going to get tagged. Why not get to free agency at this point if you're Sam Bradford or you're whatever? Then you're negotiating with any team that wants you instead of just the Eagles. And I don't know, maybe you find a better situation. But maybe they look at – I'm not saying that Sam Bradford at any point last year was a heat-seeking watch, but he improved over the end of the season. He came together a little bit. Maybe they feel like there's reason for continuity. I've, I've or heard this with Sam Bradford for his entire career. Well, if you look at his last five games. Well, I hear you. Listen, I would say you could argue that Sam Bradford has been the most overpaid NFL quarterback of, of our generation. I mean, the, the rookie deal that he signed and did not deliver on is unbelievable. I mean, I would say Jamarcus Russell or some guys that did nothing. Kevin Cobb, Matt Flynn. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Brad, Cobb is mixed. Sam Brad, the reason why Sam Bradford, if he does make it to free agency, will get paid is that he is still the 20th best starter in the league or whatever it is, which is an upgrade for teams like the Browns. But it's Big not upgrade. an upgrade the for Browns the Eagles. The Browns are a team that I think would absolutely be interested. Oh, in God, Brown. I oh hope man. not. They try to trade for him every year. Exactly. Yeah, with a, not this regime, but you're right. But the but if you're the Eagles, then you've got to go replace the 20th best starter right. with what? That's why I think they may stick with him. Greg, on June 28th, 2013, <laughs> number 35 on our Making the Leap list, Chiefs quarterback, Chase Daniel. So maybe it's all coming around. I have been years ahead on the Chase Daniel. Literally <laughs> almost three years ahead. I, it was a little no bit of a, If you read it, it was a little bit of a bit almost. A bit. We were having fun. But uh, you know what? He's come in when he's played in the preseason. He's looked great. When he's played in the regular season, he's looked good. You know, what? when you're behind a Hall of Famer like Alex Smith, you're just not going to get a chance. Here's to a, I'm going to pull a line from your, your copy. Daniel might not be another Drew Brees, but it's not so crazy to imagine him as another Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you even foresaw the 30 touchdowns <laughs> with the Jets. I mean, you were... No, that's a good line. Well, the that's coach, why he's our mentor. The coaching link makes sense. <laughs> I'm just saying he could be a replacement-level starter. That's which what I'm I still speak believe. Which is yourself, what Sam Bradford is. Right. Wes, speak for yourself. Greg is just my boss, nothing more than us. <laughs> Certainly not a friend to you. Certainly not. <laughs> I didn't say you weren't a friend. It's been laid bare. If I said that, that's not, I didn't mean that you weren't a friend. But Why are we back here? Different levels of <laughs> no, he, support and friendship. He thinks different he's your friend. friend. He just doesn't think you're his friend. <laughs> I I felt blindsided by that comment. <laughs> I think I'm. I think it's pretty clear. A area host surprised when uh, fellow podcast member that he blasted for ten minutes in different bits uh, comes back at him. Longest headline ever. <laughs> Keep my name out of your mouth. Um, it hurt, Greg. That's all. I will bring up Brian Hoyer. And I will bring up Brian Hoyer because he, he authored one of the, the worst performances in the history of uh, the NFL playoffs in January through four interceptions, lost a fumble. The Texans got beat 30 to nothing in their building. Mentioned not... in the same breath with Ryan Lindley. Yeah, it doesn't get much more grim than being mentioned with Ryan Lindley in uh, terms of quarterback performances. And what makes his situation interesting, he's under contract for next year with the Texans. But Bob McNair, the owner of the Texans, Bobby, Bobby Mick, uh, came out and basically put the entire uh, front office and coaching staff uh, on the old hot butt seat by saying, I need a franchise quarterback. So the owner has now stepped in and basically said, Brian Hoyer is not the answer. Go get somebody else. Problem is, you know, they won the AFC South. Uh, I think they have the 22nd pick. It's not a, as we know, because we're talking about uh, guys like Brock Osweiler and Sam Bradford getting a lot of money. There's not uh, a great free agency class at quarterback. So it's like, what do the Texans do? Uh, to to make their owner happy, I I would think that he that Hoyer stays, but at the same time, I don't know if that means he's staying as a starting quarterback. Uh, they got to figure something out because the owner ain't happy. What if Bob McNair brings in Bob Griffin? 
Ooh. Or Sam Bradford. I'm I'm surprised uh, by the level of interest or excitement that uh, RG3 is already inspiring. Uh, well, you know, uh, Lakeisha on her news desk, she's a big Rams fan. I don't know if this is representative of all Rams fans, but she was like, yeah, sign me up for RG3. Give it a shot. That sounds exciting. Well, you can't blame her with the, what she's been watching at quarterback. I don't know. Plus, it would I would do it. It huh. would kind of complete the, the Redskins banging in a way in the sense that not only did you get all the draft picks and all that glory from that trade in 2012, now you got the player as well. And that would be If ever became anything close to the old RG3, uh, you know, they would never, ever fire Jeff Fisher, number one. He will, he would live forever, and Les Snead's well, hair would turn an even greater golden shade of yellow. If you can pair RG3 with an offensive mind like Jeff Fisher, I mean, you just sit back <laughs> and you just crack a beer and you watch. <laughs> Welcome to L.A. <laughs> I do think there's – I don't know. I, I've ripped on RG3 quite a bit the last couple of years because he had never developed into a real NFL quarterback. But when you watch his rookie tape, it's not hard to convince yourself that a good coach or a creative coach can do something with him. You're up, Greg. Same uh, thing when you look at Colin Kaepernick. It's crazy to think how far he's fallen. It wasn't quite as dramatic as RG3. But it was close. I mean, the last the last year and a half of tape that he's put up is pretty bad, and yet, I don't know, the tool, the tools are there. You would think the right coach should be Chip Kelly. And so if we're talking about stay or go, I think, I think he'd stay in San Francisco because I think Chip Kelly was hired in part on a sell job that he could turn around Colin Kaepernick's career, that you don't need to find another quarterback necessarily. I could make these guys that are there, Kaepernick and Gabbert, Look pretty good. That's how I read it. I I thought the Kelly hiring and it was controversial to bring him back after the way it ended in Philly, but that they had what seemed like three or four years ago one of the top three young quarterbacks in the league, and it got to a point where he's being benched for Blaine Gabbert. I think they're probably you know in the top of that front office people that still think maybe Kaepernick can get back. He's not even thirty years old. So bring in the the genius and see if he could fix him. Well, the the flip side is you. You're the Niners, and you haven't had a lot of top ten picks. You've got a number seven pick. You could, you Chip Kelly for the first time in his career could use the draft to pick the quarterback he wants. That said, if the Kaepernick and Kelly thing don't match, what quarterback does match with Chip Kelly? Like if he decides I can't, this guy's not for me, then I'm baffled at this point what a Chip Kelly quarterback is because you're giving up on everything you say you didn't have in Philadelphia post-healthy Michael Vick. I'm still waiting for Kaepernick to stay and for Blaine Gabbert to beat him out. Mm. Well, Kelly praised Gabbert quite a bit. I mean, Gabbert is exceptionally they, athletic. Well, maybe he'll he'll end up uh, as the starting quarterback for the, the Jets under general manager Manish Mehta, bring, <laughs> bringing him to New York. Manish flying that Kaepernick to Jets flag. <laughs> Very hard, but I don't. I haven't heard anything else connecting uh, the Jets to Kaepernick. I, I think the Niners keep him, but we'll say. Wes, all hey. in on Blaine Gabbert too. I'm not all in. I just, you know, Greg said Kaepernick has all the tools. I don't think he has accuracy or touch. It's fair. He definitely does not have touch. That's a pretty important tool for an NFL quarterback. I got to go watch some of those last. Uh, the 49ers kind of fell off the radar there, but Gab- Gabbert's last uh, few weeks. I think if those were his first few weeks, people would not have been as excited That's fair. about him. Um, so there you have it. Another episode of the Around the NFL podcast is in the books. We will be back on Thursday, correct? It depends if Greg gets through the Niners tape by then. He's got a lot to watch. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or through the Thursday. freeway traffic. Thursday, Or if he has another podcast to do. Yeah, I might have a few others. Now in talks with the R and B podcast, R and B and G. Will all right since I'll be more supportive. Uh, it is Thursday, and then uh, next week, by the way, we have a Monday show, and then we're all going to Indianapolis, and we're gonna tape a nice video show from the NFL scouting combine next oh, Thursday. Fun. So our listeners hopefully will like that. And Greg, now this stage is for your other podcast. Do you think in your mind we'll be back? I know you did the final episode. You don't episode have to do this. This and, is silly. You know, this is very silly. Important. It's very important to be supportive of this each other. This is silly. So will the this RJVP be back? I don't know. We. I hope it's back in some form. Oh, who knows?
The NFL. Some That's form. Up to the Very NFL. mysterious. Jeselnik wants to get paid. Good, you know, not the he only had, one. Yeah, he has not been, uh, you know, secret about his just, unhappiness. Just tell the NFL to so take we'll it see. out of my pit, pittance that I get on we'll a. See what the NFL basis. likes to do. Take, wants to do. What if you gave Wes a salary to Jeselnik? Would that do it? Seriously, I, I, <laughs> I think someone already gave it to someone else. Yeah, I think that would be more than enough. Yeah, I think that would be more than enough <laughs> for one show a week. <laughs> that would be pretty easy money. <laughs> It's amazing how supportive I am of your other show, Greg. <laughs> um, all right, that's it. Uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and La Cid behind the glass. Till Thursday. What's up, everybody? DJ here from Move the Sticks, along with Bucky Brooks, our podcast. We look at the NFL through a player personnel perspective, looking at teams, looking at matchups, looking at the NFL draft. You can catch us on Move the Sticks, nfl.com slash podcast, as well as iTunes. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.